Hey, what's going on, everybody? Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the podcast. Uh, before we get started, as you know, a few quick housewarming things. If you guys can please like and subscribe to the podcast, I would greatly appreciate that. That means a lot to me. Please share, please subscribe to it, uh, and please write a review. You know, the more reviews, the better. It helps for Apple Podcasts. Um, secondly, this episode is brought to you by The Stage, which is EDM's central hub. Um, I'll make sure I put that uh, website link into the description, but check them out. They get all sorts of EDM content from podcasts, vlogs, yeah, concert videos, shuffle videos, all that stuff. You guys can check that out. Um, and then, uh, so we're about to get started. My guest today is my good friend, Josh, um, Josh Gunter. Hopefully I said that last name right, my friend. I actually don't know if I said it right, but, um, he is a, uh, former, um, U S army veteran and, uh, he just recently got out. Um, you know, in this podcast, we honestly, we, we talk about, uh, be non-party affiliated in this political landscape and we do talk about his time in the military and what the military taught him and just like the mindsets behind it and stuff it's it's, it's a really awesome podcast it's uh i enjoyed it i really enjoyed sitting down with him for about an hour hour and a half so i hope you guys enjoy it too um that's all i got for you enjoy no these are the these are the bud light bud oh, light okay. seltzers have you, have you had these one yet no, how are they? Dude, they're actually pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. I am uh I didn't like the original oh I did like the original Bud Light, but then I had a change of heart and didn't think they were that good. But then these ones came out. Flavor is on point. I mean they're really like the lemonade one specifically, I want them to come out with like just a straight pack of just Bud Light lemonades. Those are fire. Like it just tastes like bubbly lemonade with like alcohol. Next thing you know, you're just like drunk. But they are like the black cherry to strawberry. I think strawberry is my least favorite. And of course I grabbed one by accident, but um, they're a little strong, a little bit on the strong side. A little bit on the strong side. What do you got over there? What you got? Michelob? Yeah, just a mix. Mixer, mixer good. Mixer, very light beer, but like it tastes good. Yeah. It tastes, it it's, tastes good. It, it's, it keeps me from not drinking liquor tonight. <laughs> it's a month. We can't get too wild. We can't get too wild on the show. It's Mick Ultras were actually one of the first beers I like. They're probably they're actually like the cheapest beer I'll go. I'm very picky when it comes to beer. I'm like super into craft beers and stuff. But Mikkel Ultra, it was one of the few beers that I like liked and would go buy at the store. It sounds really weird. I used to like only do Mikkel Ultra. Like I remember my friends would go buy cores and stuff like that, and I'd just buy a case of Mikkelos and be like, or mix, whatever you want to call them. That's what I would do. Case of mix. Maybe get a little crossed with them. Just saying. There's potential there. Get a little f- flavorful with your beer. Do you like craft yeah. beer? Um, I, I don't know. I'm not really like a big beer person. Do you ever gone like to breweries and stuff? Uh, I've gone to a few. Where? No, probably more my uh, wineries than... Ooh. Uh, yeah. Wineries? <laughs> where at? Where are those at? Where where'd you go to wineries at? So there's one here in town. It's called Beach Haven. Okay. It's actually pretty good. Um, it's a little more on the pricey side, but I mean, it's the closest winery that's outside of Nashville. And what do you? Cause I've never I've never been to a winery. So like, when you go to the winery, what are you doing there? You're what like there is there like taste testing, or is it kind of like a regular bar where they have just a bunch of bottles of wine and they just pour? So, like, so how does this work? I have no idea. 
Yeah, so, okay, so it's a little bit of both. So I, I don't know if this is like a universal system that they do, but they did have, you know, the bottles behind them kind of, you know, in a bar set up. Okay. You would be, you know, you would go through the list and you'd be like, you know, I want these three for my first, uh, like, because it, it, it's a palette. They call it a palette? Uh, okay. Yeah. So once you do, you know, you do, I think I did six, like in total. So the first three, you know, you pick three and then they bring it out and it's only like a half glass of wine. Yeah. Probably not even half. Um, and then you have the option to like either buy, like buy whatever bottle of wine that you like specifically and then just take it back to your table. Oh. And then like there's, so, you know, there's some like outdoor, you know, scenery stuff that you can go outside and do. Generally, they have live music. I don't know about recently. Yeah, COVID and all that. That'd be cool, though. So you could, like, taste test a bunch of wines, then you can go, like, oh, I want that whole bottle. And they just give you the whole bottle, and you're, like, just chilling at that point. Yeah. I feel like most people get pretty drunk off a bottle of wine. Uh, mm, Well, I mean, between two people, depending on, like, how big the bottle is specifically, yeah. Okay, it varies between two people. But I think, like, one bottle to yourself, like, you're feeling pretty good. Like, you're feeling, if not beyond, like, especially if it's a big bottle, Oh my god! The funniest thing is when like girls get a big bottle of wine, and they get like the big double one, and they're like, I- "I'm gonna finish all of it," and they do, and they're just, they're just that wine drunk where they're like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> I remember um, it was this past or not? Yeah, not this past all sense, but 2019. Um, I brought you know because I I got there on Wednesday. Yeah, like, the pre party, the pre party, pre party. Yeah, so I was there a whole day just to set up, chill out, and I bought two uh, box wines. Ooh. And on the first night, I was down like half a bag. <laughs> so walking, yeah, yeah, just walking around the campsite, and just you know, like meeting everybody who was like within the general vicinity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's slapping the bag and shit. Oh, absolutely. Oh, dude. <laughs> I remember going into Lost Lands that year. And I remember they weren't, which I don't know why people would try to sneak in the wine bags or whatever. I remember, but I remember walking up through the front gate and there were people waiting there, like groups of people, like, I remember people being like, we need help finishing it. Like who wants in, who wants in? Like anyone, they were just letting anybody just smack, like, dude, shit, we could not get away with now in front of COVID. But like, no, that no, ass, like yeah. they're in front of the, like people were just huddled, huddled together and they're like, ooh, they're like putting it in their mouth. They're like, and they're like, who wants it? Who wants next? We need to help finish this whole bag. And it's like a full bag of wine. People are just walking up, slapping it and going. They'll be like, whoa. And they go in the festival. <laughs> Dude, this is shit. We did like, it's so funny to think about that. Like the shit before the pandemic. Like have you ever, have you ever sat during the pandemic and been like, Oh yeah. Oh dude, I've done some nasty shit. Like you don't even, th- at the time you're like, that's not nasty. Like everyone's doing it. But then like you look back and you're like, Wow, like that's probably how I got strapped that one time. Like, you know, <laughs> like that's probably how I got sick. Yeah. So this is how COVID started. You just look back at everything. Oh my god, dude! It, it makes sense. Alone. It makes sense how like it could spread so quick. Like I'm thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, if they didn't like make us lock down, it could have been so much worse. <laughs> like it really could have been. And we did like a partial shutdown here. It could have been so much worse if we didn't shut down at all. Um, have you have you ever gotten sick at a festival, like from a festival? Like you go home and then you're just um, like dead. I want to say, Law Science 2018 definitely because it was like super dry. 
mm-hmm. up until like the day we were leaving. That's when it rained. That monsoon but, came, dude. Yeah, it was just it, just nothing but dirt and just like I could not breathe for like the next week and a half. Yeah. I didn't get sick at either Lost Land. I did get sick at Buku after Buku. Did you? Oh, dude, I was dead after Buku. I got like I had like a I had like strep basically. I think I can't remember if I had strep or if like I had a mono relapse where I was just like I couldn't swallow. I couldn't get up. I was I was just sick as fuck for like five days. This is so bad. And I mean, what's funny is this: I can literally precisely figure out like I know for a fact who probably got me sick. Like I know it was like I shared like a pen with somebody. Like I hit a I hit a fucking jewel with somebody, and it was some random person. And I was just like, yeah, man, like go for it. And he did. And then I know I just know it was him, bro. I just know there was no one else that took a hit after that. It was just me. I was dead. <laughs> like it was me. It's all <laughs> so nasty. I feel like now now we're gonna go back and be like, Yeah, I'm not sharing shit. Yeah. Like unless I immediately know you, you know? I don't know. Even then it's like kind of hard because it's like oh i know him but then like he knows 12 people that i don't know you know it's like oh fuck i wasn't really good <laughs> well, so, okay and it's kind of funny too because now that you mentioned that like i remember uh uh the last lost hands we went to like there was a chick who was like fumbling around you know <laughs> clearly on some shit and she was trying to drink like we, I was I was sitting there watching her like it was a zoo exhibit. <laughs> and like, she's, trying to, she's trying to drink water out of her bag, but her bag doesn't have any water in it. Oh, so I walked over to her and I'm like, "Here, like here's water," and she like chugs. I like I swear to God, she chugs half the bag, oh, maybe in five seconds. That's and then impressive. like, you know, let's go of her death grip from my goddamn nozzle. And then just like looks at me, takes two steps, and then pukes all the water. Oh, that's disgusting, bro. Like, yo. Dude, I would have. That's a waste of water. Bro, I'd have thrown my back away. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. It, you know, it, you look at you look at that, you know, situation. And then you look at now, and you're like, uh, oh, fuck no. Dude, not a chance. Dude. I would have thrown my whole water pack away. I w- there was not a doubt in my mind I wouldn't have thrown it away. Like, not so a I doubt in my the, mind. I took the little suction thing off. I just took it off and kept the little... Uh, so it was only just the hose and the clamp. And by the end of the day, it was already fucked because there was so much dirt and shit inside of it. I was like, nah. So, Dude, no. Yeah. I, that is something I absolutely... I know it's not. Everyone throws up, whatever. I get it. I don't like it. I hate throwing up myself. I hate seeing it. Anything about it, I'm like, I don't know. I, 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 I'm telling you, I know me. I would have thrown it away. I would have been like, you know what? You can just keep that. You can just keep that right now. I don't even want it. It's yours. Oh, God. Nasty bats, people. No, thank you. Mm-hmm. No. I just, like, because, so, when we went to Gasly, yeah. I was like, Oh, I miss this. And then your brain is just like sweat, people, you know, everyone just like on and near you. <laughs> You're like, man, fuck. Like COVID is in the back of my head screaming. It's like, put your fucking mask on. That's, that's not going to help. Like, okay, you have a mask on, but 
you got 10 dudes standing around you sweating like rubbing up all on you and shit yeah yeah they had i i remember when we went to that honestly i i do think they packed in that club i think that was way more than 50 percent capacity dude when i've said this before on here i think but when florida opened back up so there was a period there was a brief like week after the lockdowns that they opened up like a hundred like a hundred percent like for like a week it maybe wasn't a hundred percent but pretty close well okay it was everything was open but it was at like limited you know quotations around it limited capacity and of course Everyone and their mother went out. Like everyone did. Everyone wanted to. I'm just, just, just straight how it is. Like there were, I knew, I knew adults that were going out. Like okay, I'm just saying. And I remember we went, and I did go to the EDM club, and swear to God, dude, I remember looking at around, and I was like, this is way more than fifty percent capacity. <laughs> like I was like, this is not limited capacity. And then sure enough. Like a week later, the state was like, "Yeah, we're limiting like that shit again. Like clubs are closed. Like you have to be like no, yeah. nothing's open unless they serve food. Like that was ridiculous. Like the, it's, the spike in a week was just massive. Like just, it was ridiculous, and it was the stupidest thing they could have done. But like, I don't even know if people know that. Like dead ass, it was like everything was dead ass just open. Like just <laughs> like it was, I don't know, like June fifth or something." june yeah june 5th and it was just it was things were open for a week and it was just madness and then back I, to say, I think nashville shut down in june maybe july what is it with everyone going to nashville so, what is it man I answer mean, me that so there's let me see if i can put this on screen there's louisville that's about an hour no it's probably about three hours kind of like northeast of me okay then there's Nashville, and then there's Memphis. Yeah. So between those three, there's about three hours in between each. So there's not much in Tennessee that, like, you know, you can do. So, like, Nashville is, like, pretty much where you go to. Party? Yeah. And, dude, it's so fucking expensive. It is. It is. I've been three times. It's. I mean, I love the city. I'll be honest with you. I, that is a place I think I could move to. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. I get why people are going, but it seems like everyone on my feed, every girl I know, is like in Nashville for some reason. Like, and it's out of the blue. Like, they used to never go to Nashville. I just, they just never did. Now it's like, oh, here we are on Broadway. Like, oh, like they're at the bars, or the rooftop bars. They all got their cowboy hats on. They're fucking southern for a week, and they're posting their pictures mid-pandemic. Like, oh, we're out. We're having a great time masks yeah. up <laughs> like fucking, <laughs> it's just wild to me i knew people that were going to nashville literally like three months ago like yeah so they they opened up um under like a very strict uh like capacity um policy i guess what you would call it um so at, at first they're only letting 20 to 30 percent in and then here within I don't know, I'd probably say about the last three months, they've opened back up to like 50 and 60%. And they've they've talked about kind of like what Texas did, where they just were like, fuck it, open everything. Tennessee is like kind of on the verge of doing that. Really? I didn't know that. I mean, uh, I'm trying to think. Like being here in Florida, I truthfully don't know what we're at. I couldn't tell you. It feels like everything's 100%. 
Yeah. It feel it feels like it. I think it is a limited capacity. But um but the limit is at their discretion. I guess. I really couldn't answer that. I don't know. Like it all seems like it's very just open. Like it, it, it's so weird. This whole like COVID conversation in, in general is really weird because like there's so many different segments and sectors of the country that like they all do things differently and then they all like are yelling at the other side for doing something differently. For instance, like we or I'm in Florida. I have friends and family members in, here in Florida that are like, I can't believe California is shut down. Like, how dare they? They're, they're, they're shutting the whole state down, yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, granted, I don't like that either. But but it's a whole different side of the country. They do things entirely different over there. They have they elected their own officials. They let, did all this stuff. They do all these things differently. Let them do it their way. And then let's see if it works better. And if it works better, then maybe we, we listen and do what they're doing. And then vice versa of them. I have people on social media that are from California that are like bitching about Texas and Florida. And it's like, y'all don't live there. It's, it's different. It's same. And it's the exact same scenario. Like let them do their thing. See about what, how it works and how it doesn't work and, and, and go from there. I mean, that's all you can do. It's also weird that like now they're letting, they're letting stuff open like news, like Gavin and all them were like, yeah, we're going to open it up now. And after like, like, no significant change in anything, but now it's okay all of a sudden. You know, that's what's weird is like, okay, now they're going to flip it, you know? Yeah, I mean, so I feel like now that they can publicly come out and say, we are opening up to this degree. Mm -hmm. So the businesses that, you know, were already doing that prior to this, you know, announcement, they're, they're not going to get fucked over because, well, now it's a it's a public known thing that you can do you know, such, you know, set capacity. Yeah. And everyone's so used to what, you know, they're around already that businesses can let in, you know, maybe five, 10 more people to make it feel like, you know, they've upped their capacity. That's true. That's true. Cheers. Cheers to having you on. Cheers to having you on. I don't have a, I have an empty can. I didn't get to. Ding. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I hate about it is though, is like, I feel like COVID really did expose some of the corruption and hypocrisy within our system. Oh, that, yeah. And it like it's out there. People know about it, and it's like there still hasn't been that much shit done about it. Like it's like so backwards to me. Like I think, and this is not like political against one side. This is like hating both left and right. Like. The senators that like profited off the dip, you know, and they a bunch of them like knew that there was going to be a crisis with the with the um, with COVID, yeah. and they told some of their donors to, like you should pull out your stocks and stuff like that to not lose your money. Yeah. Like they should, they need to be punished. I hope they have. I know they had a court hearing. I don't know if I don't know the results um, off the top of my head, and we're not going to look it up because it's going to take too much time for me to type all that out. <laughs> but like. They should be absolutely punished. They should no, no longer be in office. And then yeah. you, the other thing is like when you have mayors and governors that say one thing and do another, like if you're not going to follow your own guidelines, you should also be kicked out. Like, gone. I don't care. Le again, left or right. Uh, fucking 
just to name everyone that like should be kicked out of office. Ted Cruz for leaving fucking Texas. Absolutely. Gone. You don't I I don't I get that like what can he do? You know, like uh he can't like it is true, like that's one that's like one of the arguments people give for when he like, oh what can he do? What can one man do? And it's like that's not what we're saying. Like his job as a elected official is to just be there in a crisis situation, not leave. Yeah, like that's literally his job. <laughs> like we yeah. voted him in for that reason. Now, that being said, as mad as I am at him for that, I'm also mad at like what is it, the mayor of Austin, like made all these mandates, or is it Houston? I think it's Austin. Made all these mandates and then as well vacationed in Mexico. Like you're gonna be rough on your city and then you're gonna tell people don't leave, don't leave your house, but then I'm gonna go to Mexico. That's also fucked up. Yeah. Gavin Newsom fucking closed the state down and then let his winery stay open. That's fucked up. Like like it and there's but there's levels on both sides. Like there's left and right. Like that's all I'm trying to say. It's like people need to stop like picking a fucking side and like sticking to it. Like they're both just as corrupt and like shitty. Okay, it's fucking yeah. ridiculous. You know, and, and everyone asks me, you know, what my political, you know, view is or opinion. I, I don't have one, mainly for the simple fact that, you know, both parties are fucked up. Yeah. And neither yeah. one of them are going to fix each other. Like, it's just going to be throwing shit at the other party constantly. Yeah, I think it's it's so weird because I feel like the majority of people are in the middle. I really do. Like, I wholeheartedly believe that. Yeah, they might lean, like, a little bit left on one issue, you know? They might lean a little bit right on more issue. But predominantly, they're like, man, I can go either way. And then there's, like, these two extreme groups on the left and right side that, like, have the biggest voice and then are just, like, yelling at each other and, like, bickering and fighting. You got Antifa on one side. You got the Proud Boys on the other. And they're just, like, both fighting and then one has a louder voice because of the media being involved and like yada, yada, yada. And then that's us in the middle. That's like all we hear. And we're like, is this what it's become to? We have to pick between the two extremes and like, is that what we have to do? And then, and then that's what it seems like. like I, I've talked to people that are like pretty middle of the way and like they almost get radicalized because they're like, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> like, am I supposed to just stay in the middle? And it's like, yes, please stay in the middle. Like, don't don't venture to one way or the other. It's like the downfall, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, that, you know, and it's funny because that's how they get, you know, the people who are stuck in between. You know, they they get you know they do all this propaganda fucking work and all this other shit. You know, they pump into the social media and into the news. At that point, you're just like, well, fuck. This side's right, so maybe I'm with this side. You know, just depending on what your view is on whatever, like, given situation is in, you know, the current events. Because it's always changing. It's always something fucking different, keeping us distracted. I mean, the, the yeah, that is what it is. Down to, like, the get it down to the bottom of it is like, yeah, it's all just one big distraction. To keep us focused away from the other, you know, shady shit that goes on and and they don't want us prying too much and all that stuff. Not to get mm-hmm. conspiratorial, but <laughs> I mean that's true. Like it's it's 
You'd rather us fight against each other than be together. Oh, absolutely, because they can come in and pick up the pieces and, you know, put everything back together. Yeah, and keep fucking the little guys over, you know? I mean, like, if we were all together, there's no way 320 million people could be silenced, you know? Yeah. But if 65 million are up against another 65 million and they're fighting constantly and they don't see eye to eye, there's a lot of room for uh, evil to sneak in there, you know? Oh, yeah. And a civil war, you know, back then was back then. Nowadays is totally different ball game. You know, we have 200 years of, you know, you know, war tactics between two, you know, two different points. Yeah. Like, do you ever, I could, do you think it, do you think it could ever get to that? Do you think it ever get to that? Can we, let's, enter, <laughs> let's entertain the thought. Do you think it could so, ever get to that? Uh, so do I think it could happen? I think, you know, somewhere along the line, yeah, maybe. But in a more realistic sense, no, probably not. Yeah, I mean, if we're going on like a conspiratorial, conspiratorial sense, ooh, I like doesn't even sound right. Anyways, people listen and understand. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope so. Um, if we're going a conspiracy route, how about that? There we go. Little money. You more. would think they don't want a civil war no whoever they is they want to just get it to the brink of it and then simmer it back down and and then get it to the brink of it and keep dividing people but like everyone stays in their lane and we just don't agree on anything and we make it they make it seem like no one agrees when in reality we do but they never let it get like more than that like i think i i truly believe the capital riot thing was like they were like oh shit like this could happen you know what i'm saying that was that was crazy for starters. I don't want to like get into it, but that I mean we should maybe we'll touch on it, but like that that was crazy. Yeah, that yeah. That was a little too I, much. Yeah, that was it was a lot more than I actually thought was going to happen. Dude, I remember being at work and I heard that. I was like, "Oh no." I literally in my head I was like, "This is not good." Yeah, no. I got uh I got a a call from work and they're like, "Hey, you know, um, they just, you know, stormed the Capitol. I was like, wait, okay, who's they, first off? And, you know, why, you know, where where have I not heard about this yet? And, you know, as soon as I get on my phone, it's like the first thing that pops up. And I'm like, oh, well, goddamn. And then, you know, you come to find out that it's, you know, Trump supporters that are flooding you know, our capital building. Yeah. I'm like, Jesus, how did that happen? Cause like I saw the, the camera footage from the, the helicopter. I was like, like, that's a lot of fucking people. It was a lot of people, but it wasn't enough. That's, that's what makes me laugh about it. It's like my comical side of things, my dark sense of humor. I'm like, there's a lot of people, wasn't enough people to really do anything <laughs> like like it was enough to show some force yeah and like get into yeah. the building right but it wasn't like it wasn't like a hundred thousand people mob in the city where like no. it would be difficult for the police and the national guard and stuff to get in 
You know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't like a. I don't know how to make it. I mean, obviously, we're we're again, regardless of what we're talking about here, like it was bad. It shouldn't have happened. Like however many people are involved, yeah. it shouldn't happen. But at the same sense, like you saw, like how many people were outside the Capitol, and like went in. And in my head, I was like, yeah, that's not good. And then, like, after the days went by and it was talked about and talked about more and you saw more footage, I was like, it's not as many people. It, it's a, it was good it wasn't as many people as it was. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, because it is like, it, when it gets, like, a big, like, for instance, like, I'm not comparing, I'm not comparing the two here, but, like, the protests for Black Lives Matter were significantly bigger than the pro, yeah. than that protest. Yeah, and if that protest was the size of those, then we there could have been an issue, just given yeah. just given the fact that they went into the Capitol with a, more numbers. Not again, not comparing the two in any sense, but yeah, and I think I mean in a way, yes, it was small, and it's also just like I don't, I don't understand why they did. That. I don't understand why they stormed the Capitol. I don't. I don't even understand how people can defend the fact that they did that like I, I don't there's like to me i'm like okay like i can sometimes lean right on things and see some of these republican views but like that's not what i'm about like i'm not i'm not yeah, about storming the capital you know <laughs> yeah that's not the approach that you know i'm gonna take is you know let's let's march up to the capital building and just say, say fuck it and you know run on in yeah and like what did they what did they think was gonna happen like, who wakes up and like, no, I'm going to go storm the Capitol building today. I mean, I don't even, yeah, I know for real. And like, but again, like, what did they think was going to happen? Like, we're going to stop this election deal. Like, I, I don't understand. I honestly thought there would be a lot more bloodshed than it was. Thank, I mean, yeah, thank God there wasn't. I'm, I mean, I don't want to see bloodshed on any side, on any protest. I, I mean... On those protests, maybe it's a little more called for because you are storming the nation's capital. But oh, yeah, that's a it, you know it's a security thing. It is. Oh yeah, and that whole national security thing. And it could have been. It could have been a lot worse. It really could have. And now I'm not negating the fact that it was bad. It just I just just knowing like it could have been a lot. It just could have. It just could have been a lot worse. I mean, there's no other way around to say that. I'm not. Again, and I keep repeating myself. I'm not negating the fact that it was wasn't bad. It was bad. Um, but yeah, it could have been way worse. It could have been a lot. Like you said, you're, you were surprised there weren't as many deaths. It could have been a lot more, I think. Yeah. It's crazy. I also don't like, I hate how both sides are so hypocritical, dude. Like, yeah, like they're, they, like they're so hypocritical, both sides. Like, and I always hate how people can only see one side being hypocritical or the hypocrisy in one side. Yeah. Cause well, they, you know, they, they take their opinion and how they view, you know, that, that side as a whole, you know, it just, it kind of clouds them to be open-minded to, you know, okay, so, you know, the, the opposite side might agree, but have, you know, a different, you know, way that they would change it. And they're just like, no, 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 I don't want to hear it. Yeah. And it, it works both ways. It does. It's crazy to me, like, how both sides... That's a beauty and also the worst part about, first off, when you're in the middle, you feel like you're alone because you're like, oh, these again, these two sides are just screaming at each other and I'm just here. But the beauty of being in the middle is that you see the hypocrisy both sides. 
and you're able to make fun of both sides and laugh at jokes at both sides. I mean, like, dude, one of my favorite things to do by far is like when I'm with a friend that I know is like straight Republican, I am making Democrat and liberal jokes the entire time. Oh, yeah. Like I'm I'm like hitting him on the shoulder. I'm like, hey, that buddy Joe Biden doing great, you know, (laughs) and then I'm laughing about it and he knows I'm messing with him. And then when I'm with my liberal friends, I'm like, hey, hey, Trump's the best. Ah, like, you know, just like, you know, just to, just to piss him off. Like, it's just that's to me the best part about being in the middle is that like, you can just like have fun with both sides. And I mean, granted, there are some people like don't know how to like take a joke, but like it's so to me, that's the best part about being in the middle is like you can just rag on both sides and you don't have a, You don't have any. You have nothing in the game, you know? You're just, like, just chilling. They're like, what are you going to make fun of me for? And th- that's the funniest part is when they try to, like, come at you with, like, something about the other side. Like, you know, like, you're messing with your liberal friend, and they're like, oh, Trump, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, yeah, I don't I don't actually care. Like, <laughs> I don't give a fuck about Trump. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about Trump, but I don't give a fuck about Biden. Like, fuck them both. <laughs> it's fun to be in the middle because, like, you can, you know, you can talk shit about everybody. Even the liberals. It's like, I hate both sides, but I fucking hate liberals. <laughs> it's like, fuck you guys. I hate both sides, but I hate liberals. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I hate both. Fuck them, fuck them both. Fuck them both. I want some third party to come up and rise from the ashes. It needs to oh, happen. Yeah. I feel like it could. Dude, that would be like the ultimate revenge plan is so like all these Republicans, right? All these Republicans turn their back on Trump because he lost the election, okay? And say the uh, impeachment doesn't go through, so he's able to run again and all that shit. And he comes back next in 2024 and is like, "Mm, I'm going to run as an independent and just fucks the whole system up. Like, I mean, that would literally... That'd be great. That would blow people. People on the right would lose their mind. And people on the left would also lose their mind. And you know, they would both be losing their minds in two different like two for two different reasons. Republicans are gonna be like, Oh my god, he's breaking the party, we're gonna lose the election. And the uh, and the liberals are like, Oh my god, he's handing us the election. Like <laughs> they're gonna like start praising him, like, oh my god, we're automatically gonna win. Like, oh my it would be like the ultimate like F you Trump move that, that literally like defines his character to fucking oh, yeah. like run as independent. I can see it too. <laughs> like, so he's not Republican. Huh, okay. And then it's an episode of punked by Ashton Kutcher. Yeah. <laughs> Every time someone votes for him, you just walk through the next booth and it's just Ashton standing there. One of my favorite vines was that where like the kid was like doing his test and he's like typing on the computer. It's like, he's like, oh yeah, I got an A. And it was like F. And he was like, okay, where's Aston Kutcher? Where are the cameras? Because my ass is getting pranked. Like it was. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the good old days of fucking Vine, dude. Now we got TikTok. Yeah. You like TikTok? It's a it's a love hate relationship because like you I have can it. Sit on it, huh? You have it. You have it. Is what you're saying? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I absolutely have it. So go on, go and go on and do tell this love hate relationship. 
so you know some days you know i can sit there for hours mindlessly just going through the videos not even you know not even take you know blink at the time oh yeah for sure and then you know there's other days where like i open it i watch two and i'm like eh, okay and then you know i go about doing whatever i was doing yeah i have days where like you're like what you just said i'm like eh, and i just don't even go on it and then I have other days where like like i was sick like two weeks ago i think i sat on fucking tiktok for like four hours one day when i was just sick I mean, it's uncalled for. It's not necessary. Yeah. But yeah, it was a good four hours. It was a good four hours. It was it was like I don't know, like ten o'clock at night. And I don't know what it was. Like I just I couldn't sleep. And so I'm just scrolling through and I finally yawn and I look back at the clock and it's three AM and I'm like, oh fuck, I gotta be <laughs> up in like an hour. Dude, that's the worst, bro. <laughs> Literally last night, I was just telling you this earlier. Last night, I got like two or three hours of sleep. Wasn't intentional. I literally was helping my friend move. So I live, I live like, um, I was live, I was helping them move. They moved two hours away. I'm helping yeah. them move, and we finished at like nine thirty ten. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm in my head. I'm like, okay, if I go home now, I get home at twelve. And then I'll get five and a half hours of sleep. But if I stay and wake up at four and I go to bed right now, I get seven hours of sleep. And I was like, that's an extra two hours. I was like, fuck it. I'm going to stay here and take my extra two hours. Thinking I made a great decision for myself. And then I don't fall asleep. And I hmm. basically get less hours than when I would have gone home. So it was like, what was the fucking point? And now it's just like maddening when you think you've made a good decision. Then you can't fucking, you still can't fucking sleep. Oh yeah. Do you have trouble sleeping? Oh, almost. Well, I mean, so I used to a lot, uh, mainly because like I have a lot of you know back issues, um, and just I didn't know that. Why do you have back? If you don't mind, why do you have back issues? Just you know, over the past six years, you know, the military really does put take a toll on your body. Mm-hmm. Um, so the unit that I was with, uh, we we did like a lot of running. I mean, we're talking like four to six miles every morning. Wow. Off, you know, every, every day because, you know, we could, well, we used to do like sports on Fridays and then eventually that just kind of went away. So to replace that was more running. Uh, so, you know, between doing that and going to the field and doing like, you know, training for our job and just, you know, everything all together, mm-hmm. it, just, it takes a really toll on your body and everyone's different what was what was it like being in the military i'm very i'm very curious um so i mean for me like i joined back at the end of um 2014 Mm -hmm. uh so i did this um this like high school um boot camp plan i can't remember what the hell it was called but so pretty much the summer between your junior and senior year you go to uh basic training oh wow yeah and then you come back you finish uh high school that you know year of high school and then after you graduate you get your 
not get stationed. You go to your your AIT, which is pretty much just like your – you can think of it as like a trade school where you specifically work on whatever job you were assigned. So, like, if you're a medic, you go do the uh, medic AIT, you know, classes and programs and shit like that. Um, Like, with me, I did uh, artillery shit. Ooh. Uh, pretty much just so we learned how to calculate you know wh- you know where they need to shoot and you know um, just pretty much we're cartographers if you think about it which is reading a map yeah to dumb it yeah. down to dumb it down for yeah. a moron like myself um, okay so you're training for being in an artillery uh, squad, brigade, what is it? Uh, so it would be just a, and it is, it's different. Uh, like infantry that's companies um, with artillery, it's just a unit. Okay. And then, uh, you know, between your unit, there's two platoons. And then within your platoons, you have a section. So how many cannons are in a unit? How many artillery cannons are in a unit? Six, generally. So that's what? Two platoons, three squads? Yeah. So, yeah, it'd be two platoons and three sections. I'm always fascinated at the structure of the military and how it's done. I've, I've just always been, ever since I was a kid. Like, I love the, like, I love all, I, I do. I have so much, I have such a high respect for people that are in the military, like yourself and, and others. It's something that, I always wanted to do, and then I just didn't do it. Yeah, and I and I highly respect you guys for doing it, regardless of what your position is. Just and this is also just for people that are listening, like whatever your position is. Like I don't care if you're in the military and you're a cook. Like it, it's you might be cooking on the front line. Like I don't I don't care. You know, they matter too. <laughs> um, <laughs> not as much, but they matter too. No, I mean I know. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, so, honestly, like most of the the cooks that I've met are just either generally like really funny or like they're assholes. And it, it's one of the two. I feel like that's the vibe they give is like this. They trying to be like some of them are trying to be funny, but they're just being assholes. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like they're all trying. They're all funny, but they're trying to be funny. Some of them are trying to be funny too much, and they're coming across assholes. I feel like that's the yeah. same way, dude, in the restaurant industry. I don't know if you've ever done anything in the restaurant industry, but like all the cooks I've ever worked with, dude, were just funny as fuck. And I don't know if it's just because they had been through shit or something. Like, I don't know what it is, dude, but like you, you got a point, dude. Cooks are just funny. Like sometimes they just are. They're just funny as fuck. Yeah. They're always complaining. Oh, yeah. They're always yeah. complaining. <laughs> Especially because like, like occasionally whenever we do like a training event, um, They'll send somebody to do uh, KP, which is just like kitchen duty. Mm-hmm. So you go there and you're pretty much the cook's bitch for, you know, however long they have you. <laughs> so you're over there scrubbing pots and shit for, I don't know, like four to six hours. Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's don't, don't ever get put on KP. That is horrible. But it's funny because, you know, the cooks they keep you entertained. 
what um so you described a little bit what it's like to be like in the military how was it like going through basic and going away and being stationed where you had to be stationed and stuff like that so basic training you know at the time was like kind of a pain in the ass like you you'd wake up and you you knew you didn't want to be there mm-hmm. but you know i don't know how it is for most people but i was like i'm already fucking here like let's just you know keep doing this day by day yeah and you know if i graduate i graduate if i don't you know fucking i tried what walk me through that mindset of like i'm here i'm just gonna do it like so like like honestly you like you on you just get thrown in like you know you go on this long ass uh bus ride you you know you go to the airport you take your flight you don't get in until damn near like 11 12 o'clock at night then you take another hour bus ride from well for me uh it was an hour from the airport. So, you know, we're all on the bus, tired. It's, you know, damn near almost one o'clock in the morning. And you have these drill sergeants that, you know, come out. And it's kind of like what you see on movies and stuff like that. You know, they, they come on the bus. They start yelling and shit. You know, mm-hmm. uh, they, they can't get physical with you. And I, I feel like that's a very large misconception with uh, people who are like looking to join they're like oh you know the drill sergeants can you know beat me up or whatever no Hmm. you know um so you know you you get tossed in you know filling out all this paperwork and you don't really have any time to think you just kind of you zone out you just do what you got to do and that's how it is like 90 percent of the time Cause I mean, there was, there was one point where I was like, I can't remember what we were doing and I was standing there and it like, it clicked, it finally clicked. And I was like, holy shit, I'm in basic training right now. And it's already like week five. Like most of the time, you, you know, it's just, it gets so repetitious that you just wake up, do your training, sleep, eat, go to bed for you know the two two hours that you have and you just do it day in day out day in day out it's like you're in that groove and then your mindset of like i'm just here i gotta just do what i gotta do and i'm gonna be yeah. fine and get through this it, it's interesting though because like i think that's such not all the time you know but there are times where like that's so necessary in any situation in life you know like not not even just boot camp like like there's times where like you're in school and for those that can relate to that you know aspect of life and you're going to school and like you got six exams you know i'm not six but like you got like two exams and one you know on the same day and they're coming up and they're hard they're the hardest classes you got to take all semester and like that mindset is so crucial in that point alone of just like I just got to do it. Like, I just got to, I just got to get to it and get through it and it's going to end. And you know, and that, is that part of it too for you? Was it like, you just knew like it's going to end, like it's going to end. Yeah. I just got, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Like, and, and so, okay. So like that, yes. So that definitely played like a big uh, factor in it. 
because like within your basic training you know uh it's like nine weeks yeah um there's three phases that you go through and pretty much like after day zero because you have a day zero and a day one so your day zero is like all the admin bullshit yeah of course you don't sleep for like the first 36 to 48 hours that you're there and you know you're going through uh the in processing uh, uh portion of it and this is before you're even in basic training like itself you know you you know after you do your your little spiel you go and you you literally pick up fucking uh uniforms and like gear and shit you go back to your barracks and then you go sit in more like meetings and more classes and then eventually like you know you know it's three o'clock in the afternoon the next day mm-hmm. you know like what the hell like we haven't slept we barely ate anything you know they give you this one like box meal and uh you just kind of like pick through it throughout the day pretty much and then you know you get your hair cut, you know, beautiful buzz cut. They <laughs> they snap your picture. You're not even in like a uniform yet. You just put on this overcoat, and they put the the PC on you, and they snap the picture for your your uh, initial like entry mm-hmm. to the military. And then you take it off, and you get the fuck back in line. And that's day one. That's the administration bullshit, or day one two administration bullshit. And then how from there, how do the phases go up? You were, tell, you were telling us about the phases and how like it starts out. Yeah, so you'll sit in reception for about a week uh, until a class can like uh, open up because those drill sergeants are on uh, a training cycle. So, you know, they, they stay with one class until it ends. Okay. So you have to wait there in reception until one of the, you know, those classes graduates and then the drill sergeants are available. So you wait for that and then you go and you do, uh, it's called, you know, the shark attack. You know, you get off the bus from reception into basic training and you know, you're holding your, your duffel bag above your head and, you know, they're all up in your face screaming and shit. It, it's honestly not that bad. Like if you just like zone out and just like drown out everything around you, you know they they really don't fuck with you that much so you were you were talking about the different phases though and how it starts in phase one phase two and ends in phase three and how that your mindset carried you through that so i'm just curious like what are the phases and why was it that that mindset of yours was so important so like i was saying with the shark attack where you kind of blend everything out so the first phase is all you know they're going to be in your shit 24-7, like no matter what. And then you get to phase two, which I think was like blue phase. I honestly can't remember. Yeah, it was white, blue, and then red phase. Um, you know, and then once you get into blue phase, you know, they kind of calm down a little bit. You know, you can start asking questions without getting chewed out. And then once you get to, or I think I have the reverse. I think it's white phase red phase and then blue phase now it's been a minute 
Um, anyway, so yeah, once you get six to the years, last man. Phase, <laughs> once you get to the last phase, they pretty much become an instructor more than they do a drill sergeant. Oh, okay. So you can like actually like talk to them and be vocal, but you know, with with respect. Yeah, with the due respect. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, they work with you more, and they're not up your ass all the time. You know, you're not getting in trouble as much. You know, but. So what is it with that mindset, though, and that mentality that helped you get through those phases? That's what uh, I was I mean, asking. Yeah, so, I mean, like, so with the mindset of just kind of, like, drowning everything out, you, I mean, you know, you physically are there, but your brain hasn't, like, caught up yet. You haven't realized that, like, you've been doing this for this long and that you're, like, fuck, like, I'm almost done, you know, if you just – and, you know, everyone's different because I've seen people go in with me and, you know, they let their mind run wild. You know, they miss home. They miss, you know, fucking Becky from the trailer park. Like, you know, do, you know, they, they, they lose focus of what's, what's at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. And eventually, you know, they get in trouble or, you know, something, you know, they get hurt or whatever something they, gives something gives because their mind's not fully there yeah it's scattered and that's brain. the thing is like with me like i completely numbed everything out my mind was blank at all times like i just i just on autopilot just go 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 like don't think about it just go just do it and just you know i wasn't present mentally and it was good because, you know, there was a lot of, a lot of things that you did that were, you know, excuse me, um, this on your body and on your mind. Oh, yeah, I bet. So, you know, you have, uh, like, uh, live grenade throwing, you know, you have the gas chamber, uh, you have, you know, r- rifle ranges. You have uh, this shit called Nick at Night. Um, pretty much it's, you know, moving under fire at night. So, you know, you're in this big open sand pit, you know, on your stomach under barbed wire. There's, you know, uh, artificial uh, mortar rounds going off. They're shooting live rounds above your head. And you just, you know, it, and it kind of helps. And, you know, going back, mm-hmm. mindset of just go. Like, don't think about it, just go. Like, you can really push your body to do whatever you want it to do. If there was one thing that you took away from your basic training in your time in the military, what was it? Um, Probably just, you know, the the friendships and, you know, the, you know, you meet all kinds of people, you know, from all parts of the world or from the country and, you know, just, you know, making those bonds with people and, you know, being so close to someone as if they were your own family, you know, that's the one thing that I take from the military is that like, you know, I got to do all these great things Mm-hmm. and all these shitty things but most of all i got to do with people that you know 
I cared about and that cared about me, yeah. to, you know, go down, you know, and, you know, lay down uh, rounds, you know, and cover my back. Did it show you really, in a sense, what true, uh, true brotherhood and what, I don't know if friendship is the word, but did it show you kind of like what good friends, like what qualities a good friends would have? And, and is that something, given what you just said, that you carry on into your now civilian life? Is that what they call it? I'm not sure. But like yeah, into your civilian right. life and in, in moving forward with people you meet and encounter, is that something you carry on with you? You, you now, you have this idea of, 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 of friendship and a brother's bond, do you also look for that now, now that you're out? Yeah. And it, you know, it makes it easier to, to connect with people and just, you know, be more, you know, open-minded. So, you know, being more open-minded to the other person in a sense and understanding, you know, the, just the situation mm-hmm. and everything that's going on. You know, because, you know, you meet people from California and, you know, you kind of have to, you kind of have to use both cultures and see like what, you know, you can do as a person to, you know, actually like, you know, get along with people. So did it, in a sense, does it let you like? Can you see like? Can you see through fake people in a sense? Can you see through like the bullshit of people? I wouldn't say all the time, but yeah, there's a there's a good couple times. Yeah, there's a good, there's some times where you're like, fuck that person. <laughs> you know, you can tell when people are being you know shady mm-hmm. and just you know not really upfront with you. Yeah, I agree. I feel like that 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 would be almost heightened for you because it's like. I mean, for real, like you're you're in the middle, you're with this unit of people, and it's like, yeah, you're kind of like, yeah, you're put in the unit, but like, you can tell if you can tell they're being real or not, right? You know, yeah. it's like you say in boot camp, you had those the simulation with the fake with the mortar rounds and the gunfire overhead, and it's like all you had next, you know, all you had was really yourself, and then maybe the person next to you if they were if they were if they were helping or not. I don't I don't know how that goes down if it's individual or not, but. Um, about it's about like eighty five percent individual. Yeah, I mean, you did mention how you like it. It it showed you how far the human mind can, you know, how you can far you can push yourself, and um, that's something I would I would would take away. I think myself is that like you, there's a lot more you we think we can do than we really can. Yeah, and is that another quality that you take with you? Uh from from the military like i can do a lot more than i think i can type of thing or or even deal with a lot more than i think i can deal with you know whichever yeah, way i mean you know there, uh, there's been plenty of times where you know something's happened and you know either it's something got fucked up and we have to stay up you know all night trying to fix it mm-hmm. or you know we we have to stay on a certain mission for you know I mean, there's been times where we've stayed up, you know, damn near 96 hours. And, you know, 
when you think about it, you're like, there's no way somebody could, you know, do that. But we did, like, you know, we we found, you know, our inner strength to just push ourselves to get to that next hour or that next, you know, that next mission. Do you think do you think you would have known that? if it wasn't for like basic training pushing to you that pushing you at first to that point a little bit, or do you think that's just within everybody and it just has to kind of be like unlocked, like in whatever, you know, scenario it may be. And, and maybe today's society, we don't necessarily unlock that full potential in ourselves because we do have it easier than most. I would yeah. say. Um, I would definitely say it's based off of like a personal experience. Um, you know, it, it, you know, whatever situation it might be that the person gets into, mm-hmm. but, you know, they eventually they find the willpower to just push, you know, and I mean, it could be as much as, you know, lifting a certain, you know, equipment or, you know, passing a PT test, you know, it's just that they found within themselves to push to do better for themselves. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a great quality for anybody to have uh, in general. I think it's also very hard for us, you know, as I've looked back, I think it's very hard for anyone to unlock that. Uh, It's very easy. It's a lot easier to just give up, right? Yeah. But at the end of the day, we do all have it within ourselves to not give up and and to be able to push through stuff. Yeah. even when it seems super hard. I mean, in any scenario, physical, emotional, psychological stuff, there's all sorts of different scenarios that one can pull up and and we don't think we'll make it out and we can. Um, Yeah, I think it is. I think it's important that people realize that like we are a lot more capable of stuff than we think we are, you know? It's just hard to like unlock that. Yeah, (laughs) and you know, not everyone you know, has a situation that unlocks that, you know, uh, you know, that sense. Because, you know, there are a lot of people that, you know, do give up halfway through basic because it's too hard or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, But, you know, there are some people who make it through basic training, but get to their real unit and they still don't have that drive Mm. did you have a passion for this like what what is it that 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 made you go into the army did you always want to did you choose to and then you were like i like it and i'm gonna stick with it for a little bit or what was what was the original way like how did you get like how did all you know go down so originally i joined with um you know because i i came from a small family and we didn't have much money growing up so i was like you know if i'm going to get into college either i need to get scholarships or join the military mm-hmm. and you know my parents were like oh you know you'll never join the military you know it's just you know it's not something that we think that you could do which as parents kind of you know shittiest thing to say but um so the scholarship that I did get didn't cover everything. Uh, it covered like, you know, a couple semesters and then that was pretty much it. Yeah. 
So I was like, all right, fine. I'll do, you know, whatever the scholarship can do. And then, you know, I just got to figure it out, you know, either work or go to the army. And uh, uh, I tried the Air Force first, but they were booked up. So they already signed enough people. And then, um, actually, hold on. I got to run that script real quick. All right, man. We'll pause it right here for part one. All right. Yeah. Please. So we were talking about um, what got you to join exactly uh, <laughs> and what reasons. Uh, and you were starting to say um, you had a college scholarship in pay enough. So your thought was the military. And then yeah. walk me through those steps of like, oh, I'm going to join and all that stuff. <laughs> so my first, like, my initial thought wasn't, you know, Let's do the military. Yeah. But, you know, it, it kind of came down to, you know, people that are uh, in my town, pretty much they they don't ever leave that town. Like, people who grew up in my town don't leave my town. And I'm like, I'm not going to be one of those people. Like, I want to get out of this shithole. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, you know, live my own life. So, uh, I, you know, the conclusion to that was, you know, what can the military do for me? And, you know, at a young age, I was like, you know, uh, you know, the military, you know, no, not about it. But, um, you know, like I said, I tried the, the Air Force and they, were, you know, already signed the people that they needed to sign. Hmm. I was like, all right, cool, whatever. Um went to the Marines because the Navy was closed. The Marines, I, I didn't really like how they set up their, you know, their enlistment. It So, like, when you go to pick a job with the Marines, you have a job field, and it's not specific. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, if you become a mechanic, and I don't know if it's changed. It may have changed. But just the way that they described it to me was that, you know, if you're a mechanic, you could be a mechanic for, you know, Humvees or a track vehicle. But you won't know until you go to your AIT, to your to your actual technical school. And by then, it's too late for you to, like, back out. Yeah, and by then, you know, you, you've already gone through basic training. Mm. And they're like, oh, you know, you're gonna be this. So you don't really, you know, you don't have control. You don't have a say. You know, a say, yeah, yeah, of what you're gonna do with your, with your enlistment. With the army, they're like, hey, you know, we'll give you, you know, whatever job you qualify for. Like this is your list. You know, if you want that job, you have that job. Like it's in your contract. So I thought that was, you know, kind of cool, and you know you go and you take the ASVAB, which is pretty much like an SAT for the military. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's very basic. It, it's very general I took, questions. I, I took that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't remember my score though. So we're not going to compare because <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, yeah. I can't even tell you what mine was. <laughs> um, so took the ASVAB. Didn't, you know, I did okay. I did good enough, at least. Um, so I was like, you know, okay, cool. This is my 
you know, my pick of the litter. And the job that I picked, I was like, oh, you know, it might have, you know, outside world potential for a career afterwards. Smart. <laughs> I was wrong. Ah. Yeah, no, doesn't. It doesn't do shit for you outside of the military. Um, and you know, it, honestly, like you know, people will say, "Oh, well, recruiters will just say anything to get you to sign." And you know what? They're goddamn right, because they will. Um, you know, there's, you know, so I didn't know that like a signing bonus was an actual thing mm-hmm. until I got to basic training, and people were like, "Oh yeah, you know." I signed up for four years and got, you know, 30 grand. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, I didn't get shit. I signed up for free. They can do that. I didn't know that was this thing either. I didn't know signing bonuses were a thing. Yeah, there's people out there that are getting up to $70,000 for a signing bonus. Um, That's fucking wild that they would, like, do that. Yeah. And I mean, like, is so, that tax free too? Uh, no, it's not. I mean, still, right. yeah. So, let's see. If you do thirty grand, you'll get at least around twenty one up front, or split up into different payment. Excuse me, into different payment options depending on you know how you set it up. Um. And then you'll get the other nine grand in that next tax season. Right. Yeah, that's kind of wild. I it's it's all it's all crazy. Um yeah, I didn't know they could do sign bonuses or that like now I remember like when I went to the recruit I actually went to the recruiter's office myself and like sat down with the army recruiters for like an hour or so to talk about like options and stuff. And like now that you think about it, there were a lot of like they had, they're like, yeah, 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 you can do that. Like, you can do this. You can do that. Like, cause I was asking like a shit ton of questions because I was like, okay, I want to make sure like I can go and do what I want to do. And like, yeah, yeah now, now, that you, now that you mentioned it, like, I do remember just a lot of like yeses. Like, yep, mm hmm. Yep, you can do that. Yep, yep. Don't remember anything about a signing bonus though. Now that's good that you say that because anyone that hears this knows that they can get a signing bonus. Um, yep. I like though that. Like, you ask. If you don't ask, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Now, you mentioned something that was very important was like you said, what can they do for me? Um, yeah. And I think that is something to touch on just in general because it's not touched on enough. And whether this is the military or a, a job in the public sector or any job, really, or in, in there are times where it's important for you to be selfless and just do the right thing. You know, there are times I think that's like charity work and giving, maybe giving money away and stuff like that. But, but at other times I think it is as equally important for you to ask, you know, what can they do for me? Yeah. And are they going to make you happy with whatever you decide? Is the decision, you know, the benefits that they give you, are they good enough for you? Are you doing the job you want? Is it giving you the freedom you want? you know, yada, 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 name, you know, whatever you want to do. Yeah. And that's a very important aspect of, of the job market and everything that people just don't talk about nowadays. Like that, everything, at least like, like the older generations were all like, just get a job, just get a job, just do it. 
And yeah. granted, there are times where, like, yes, get a job. Like, you do need a baseline income. Like, don't just sit around and do nothing. But when you're comparing companies, maybe it is better for you to ask, what can they do for me? Who can do the best for me? That is yeah. making me happy. That's something I wish I would have done is there might have been a job where I I had to pick between, like, three jobs before I, when I got out of college. And, and, and that's blessed as I am. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. But there were times where it was hard to decide which one to go for. It really was. And, and uh, there was one I thought I'd be more happier in. And there was one that gave me more money and more benefits. And, you know, that's a tough decision right there, especially coming right out of college. You have no idea. You're not even in the work workplace. And, you know, uh, to those, anyone listening out there and, and to you yourself, I know you're in, the, you're in the job market now and stuff like it, it is important for you to make sure you're getting something that you like and, you know, you're going to do because I feel like you can always make it work. Um, but you can't, it's harder to make a shitty situation work, you know? Yeah. A lot harder. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you just got to find the good in everything, even if it's absolutely shitty. Mm -hmm. You just got to, you got to pick, you got to pick and choose. You got to find something to just hold on to. Cause that's eventually that's, what's going to get you through, you know, finding a new job or, you know, just everyday, you know, situations. So your idea is um, of saying like, even in a shitty situation, okay, say a shitty job you don't want to take, you take that job, you find one, hopefully two things that you can just find that are positive to help you get oh, through yeah. it, is what you're like saying. If, like, so, I mean, you could work a job that you absolutely love, but you're not going to make as much money and you're not going to have, you know, as many benefits as you know, you would within in a different job. And then, you know, you have that other job that pays more, you have more benefits, but you're, you're not going to hate your life, but you're not going to be happy where you're at. And I mean, you know, that just comes down to your, your own personal inner struggle. Like, you know, do you want to do something you're going to love for the rest of your life? Or do you want to do something that's going to benefit you in the long run yeah yeah the inner struggle is so difficult because i mean it seems as though society is so much telling us go for the mind go for the mind go for the mind yeah that's and, how we were raised i mean yeah that's how i was raised i mean truth be told i mean 100 percent. and it, it, it it's still even when you realize that like oh that's not the way to do it like i realize like you know what i just need to be happy i need to figure out something that's gonna make me happy not a job that pays me a shit ton of money. Yeah. It's still hard. It's still yeah. hard. Like when I go look for jobs on the job market, I'm like, what's the salary? What salary am I getting? Like it, 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 it's still hard. Even though I know it's better to be happy and maybe make less money, I still struggle with like applying for a job that like is going to pay X amount, you know? And I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to be, sit here and be like, oh my God, I deserve, like I, I'm not trying to be all haughty and like, talk about myself but it's just or you're you know you, you're you have to be selfish in that sense because you know that's your own livelihood like yeah you're putting in your your time and effort into this company only to make back enough to what live off paycheck to paycheck or to have you know a little more in your pocket i know and it 
sometimes I, it, and that's the other thing is it's a struggle is like, you know, the perfect example is this. If it comes down to like a la- like a once in a lifetime opportunity with something you really love, I say you take that, right? Oh, yeah. Now, if on the other hand, you're in a situation where you might get a job that you think you might be slim, you know, a little bit happier in, but yet the other job pays more. Maybe, maybe you do take the job that pays more for a little while to save up more money. Live off the budget of the, you know, like say the job makes $10,000 more a year. Oh yeah. That's and live off the salary and try to live, live off the salary of the other job, you know, and, and save up, $10,000 $10,000 or, you know, whatever it would be after taxes for a year or maybe two and just tough it out and then leave and get that opportunity you know you want. You know, I don't know. There's there's so many different opinions and ways to go about it that there isn't one, there isn't one right answer. The right answer is whatever you want to do. Yeah. But I always like playing out those scenarios because I see both sides. I see that side of like take the job you like, you know, take the job that you think you're going to be happier in. But on the other hand, you could make more and it doesn't mean you have to take that shitty job forever. It means like, like I said, maybe a year, maybe two years and you just make a little bit more and you save up a shit ton. The issue I think a lot of people have is they chase that money without the realization of saving it. And then they get caught in that shitty job and they're stuck in that shitty job forever. Like if you take a shitty job, have a plan to get out, right? Like have a plan to to, just, all right, I'm going to save up this amount, every paycheck. I'm going to get out. I'm going to get the fuck out. I'm done. I mean, at that point, you're going to get too sidetracked and you're going to be working at this job for, you know, 10 years and you're not going to move up the ladder any. You're going to be the same shitty position that you're in for the last 10 years, you know. Yeah. It, you know, either yeah. take the money and run with it or don't. I mean. Yeah. Again, I think it's super hard. Most people find that they take that higher money, that higher paying job, and they blow most of it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're not happy, you know. That's the thing is like, can you can you deal with being in that shitty situation and not blowing all the money so that way you have some to get out? Because you can get out like that. I think that's also something I think is so underrated about like like most people, a lot of people I talk to, a lot of people I know. It's like it's so underrated that they don't they just see the like oh I'm gonna take a nine to five I'm gonna get my college degree I'm gonna get nine to five yada yada I'm gonna be I'm gonna work. bitch you don't have to do that like you can get out and do your own thing it might work a little bit harder but like like why would you want to be trapped in a nine-to-five like take like take some money save that shit and set that shit aside so you can get out one day you know like i don't know who wants to work nine-to-five their whole life i see that on twitter all the time oh i want to work nine we're not meant to work nine-to-five your whole life it's like you're right what are you doing to get out of it though yeah, you know, like it's fine that we can complain about it. I'm, I mean, I'll complain about it. I, I think we don't. I don't think we should work forty hours a week. But will I do it until I can make myself be free from it? Uh, yeah, because I don't think corporate America is going to change anytime soon. <laughs> no, 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 no. And it, that's the thing, especially with like the military. Like, we're based off of a very, I wouldn't even say strict. Like, it's a very um, structured pay. And like you, it it's shitty because when you first join the military, you don't get paid enough. On the flip mm-hmm. side of that, and yes, a lot of people are gonna argue, oh, well, you get 
you know, unlimited benefits, which, you know, is true, but we don't use all of those benefits, you know, you know, we don't use them unless we have to. Yeah. Like if I need to go get, you know, LASIK eye surgery, yeah, the military is going to pay for it, Mm -hmm. you know, under the right uh, recommendations and everything. You know, I got all four of my wisdom teeth pulled out for free and that's like a $30,000 procedure or more. Crazy. Um, you know, and at, you know, at five years, you know, after, uh, you know, after a couple of years, you start getting more, a little bit of a raise on whatever, you know, rank you are. And at five years as a, E4, I was making around $1,800 every two weeks. It's a good paycheck, man. Yeah, and I mean, that's that's $3,200, uh, almost $33 a month. Yeah. Like, and you know. Most people will kill for that. <laughs> yeah, you know, a lot of people would, you know, love to be in that position. But I'm going to tell you, like. I much rather would have worked a nine a nine to five. Honestly, like, mm-hmm. you know, we are, you know, we would work nonstop, seven days a week, almost nine times out of ten. Mm-hmm. Especially if we go out to the field. Uh, I mean, I, I live about thirty minutes away from base. Um, and so I have to get up at around four o'clock every morning leave the house by five and then get to work by around six. And I might stop and get coffee or whatever on the way up right. there. <laughs> I got that um, morning coffee. I understand yeah. that one for sure. Uh, you know, take a shower, you know, do whatever. But, you know, you get there by six and there's no telling when you're going to leave work. I mean, you know, I've left at, you know, the earliest of three o'clock on a normal day. And, you know, the latest being damn near nine o'clock at night, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that changes from day to day. So, you know, people in the military bitch about work conditions and, you know, you know, how we're treated because we're not treated like, like, like people, like we're just treated as numbers and, you know, people argue that all day, but, you know, it's just, I guess it's just dependent on where you're at. And my military career was not, you know, it wasn't glamorous at all. It, it was kind of shitty most of the time. And, you know, it, it took a lot of tolls on my life. Uh, just, you know, as a whole. I mean, it, that's why it's commendable. I mean, whether yeah. it's glorious or not. Is kind of, you know, yes, that's what everybody talks about, I guess. But as you just mentioned, the toll it takes on everyone involved is is substantial, and that's that's where you guys get my recognition is because it is a very unique lifestyle. It's completely different than anyone civilian wise can really relate to. I mean, that's just the truth that's why it's commendable because you are making a sacrifice of your mental health yourself for X amount of years 
to maybe not even get any much in return, you know, and, 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 and that's what makes it more commendable. So don't ever cut yourself short and say, you know, that it wasn't good or it wasn't uh, glorious. I mean, it, it's commendable no matter what. It's it's very, very hard career, profession, job for a few years to be involved in. You know? Yeah. No matter no matter what, no matter where you are. So um yeah. hey man, we've done about an hour and a half. Um I gotta get going, but I loved talking about uh all sorts of stuff with you. Um Hell yeah. I definitely would love to talk more about the military stuff. I wish we had more time. I'm exhausted, as you know. I had, like I said, I had two hours of sleep, so I want to get up to bed. To be honest, <laughs> oh, you're good. But uh, dude, I'm glad that you came on. Uh, I hope you can come on again, man. Hoping shoot shoot shit again and whatnot. Oh, yeah, so I'll see you soon. Hopefully, we dude, we didn't hit any of the topics we wanted to touch on today, for the record. No, no. So I think I think next time we'll do. Uh... Uh, just like as a little segue for how I met everyone. Yeah, we should so, talk about that real quick. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll talk about Buku in the next one. Yeah, we'll talk about everything. I, we, yes, yes, for sure, for sure. I mean, we did meet you at a rave. That is how we met. We became friends is through the EDM world and all that. Um, but I love the fact that we can talk about more. I mean, there's so much more to life than just that. There's Life is so oh. complex. That's what I love about that's what I love about life. That's what I love about the podcast is there's so much more complex.